Well, hi there. Welcome back. Or if you're new here, welcome to the Sarcastically Optimistic Podcast. And this is a good time. My name is Romelo Cuarme. I just want to get that out of the way just so we can get into the good stuff. This podcast was created if you feel any sense of loneliness or you feel like you're on this journey of life alone. I just want to let you rest assured that you are not alone, that there is a community out there for you. And if not, then know that I am here for you. This podcast was created in order to disseminate information from conversations, books, articles, whatever so be it, in a way that will hopefully benefit you and your life in some regard. So hopefully you end this conversation or end this episode or whatever you want to call it um, with some sort of benefit that you can take and apply to your own life. So welcome to the Sarcastically Optimistic Podcast one more time. Yeah, this is great. I really enjoy this. Um, For my visual listeners out there, I am not recording because I am a steaming hot pile mess because it is hot as heck outside and inside because the air conditioner is not working. So um, I want to spare everyone because I have that certain amount of mercy to not show myself in this state, in this manner. Okay, well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. I hope that you've been doing well. I hope that your week has been going well. If you're starting off the week, just know that you are strong. Hopefully you're giving yourself enough affirmations. If not, I am here to tell you that you are enough in every regard, that Maybe there is some uncertainty. Maybe there is a pinch of it. Maybe there is a whole jug of it in your life right now. But just know that whatever you fear doing, whether it be taking that leap of faith, whether it be a career change in what regard, whatever, just know that everything is put in front of you for a reason and that you will have the strength and perseverance to get through whatever you're going through right now. I don't fully understand what you're going through, but I do know that you are strong enough to make it through. Uh, these obstacles that come in your way. Well, that got kind of middle dark, but um, I'm glad to have you here. Again, um, this is, I have no idea what episode this is, but I just wanted to make this one a little mini one. I don't know how you guys feel about that one. Um, I'm not really sure the extent of listeners of this podcast. I do know that my mom listens to it and that is good enough to me. But if you are not my mom and you just so happen to find yourself here, just know I am very thankful and blessed to have you, um, or in this case, your pair of ears and hopefully your your brain. Um, that was that was a low blow. I'm so sorry. I'm pretty sure you have a brain. The size, maybe a little bit questionable, right? Okay, we both can agree on that one. I'm glad you're nodding your head as I asked that. So I want to cover today a really quick book, and I love books, as you can tell. And what I do love about them is that whatever I learn, I get so I get so antsy about sharing the information that I'm learning from these books, um, and especially conversations, if you listen to previous episodes. Uh, but this time it is a book, and I do want to bring this into your life because I think it is going to help you. And this book is called Indistractable, and the subtitle is How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life by Nir Eyal. Right? I don't want to butcher the name. But the, the title of the book is called Indistractable, 
and someone's car alarm just went off outside. Indistractable. Wow. Did you see how ironic that was? I just got distracted by a car alarm and this book is called Indistractable. So indistractable, what does that even mean? Is that a real word? Probably not. And he probably made it up himself. Indistractable, it's distractible, the word distractible, which also in itself is not a word with the word or the prefix I-N, in, right? So like inability, right? Incompetence, right? A lot of you can, a lot of you audience members can probably relate to the incompetence part, um, which means, right, not affected by or uh, unable to, right, essentially. Indistractable in this case, in which Nier Eyal has kind of summarizing for us is the ability to not be distracted so easily, right? And what happens in this book is trying to outline for you what is causing your distractive behavior, right? And we can all relate to this, checking our phones here and there. And, um, you know, when we have a very, very important task at hand, we can find ourselves gravitating towards the phone all the time. And look at that. It is my bedtime. Um, Wow, that just outed me that I'm going to sleep soon. But anyways, we are all distracted as you can tell as I talk in previous episodes, including this one. It's not even five minutes in and I'm already distracted. That we live in this world that's full of notifications, that's full of circumstances that try to beckon for our attention. But how do we kind of hone in on the things that are important to us? How do we get into the fine details in which we know that is going to propel us further and further in life? And it is this key skill of being indistractable, right? Being unmoved or immovable by distractions and focusing in on these key things or these, you know, the important things that are happening each day, right? So the way that Nir Eyal starts this entire book is with this term tantalize, right? We've heard of this term tantalize. Probably you haven't heard it in day-to-day conversation because that would just be weird. Like, wow, why are you tantalizing me? Like, that's just not a normal thing you hear uh, on the playground, right? Hopefully, depending on what school you go to. If you go to a school of geniuses, probably, um, but if you go to a public school, to be quite honest, some private, you probably won't hear someone say, stop tantalizing me. So going back to the word tantalize, we actually have a Greek story. And I, lo- I know you guys love those Greek stories. So this is a story called The Curse of Tantalus. So long story short, Tantalus is, surprise, surprise, a son of Zeus, as they all were. And he was banished to the underworld, as they all were. No, nah, I'm just kidding. But we all love these stories. And the underground underworld, I almost said underground, the underworld isn't necessarily a, you know, Hilton Garden Inn. It doesn't really have those fancy things. So Tantalus was banished for XYZ reasons. I'm not going to get into that detail. But he was banished and he was waiting in a cool pool of water. And surrounding him, of course, it's the underworld. It's not Beverly Hills. I'm just going to keep making these analogies, these extravagant, unnecessary analogies. You're welcome. And he's surrounded by a ripe uh, tree full of ripe fruit, and he's also waiting in cool water. So when he gets hungry, he tries to reach for the fruit, and what happens? Surprise, surprise. The fruit actually avoids him. He cannot reach it. It looks reachable, but he just keeps pulling away every time he reaches his and extends his arm out. And what happens is he gets thirsty. And when he reaches for the water, whoa! What the? It starts receding. It starts going away from him. So what is happening here? Is this man greedy? Is he lustful? Is he gluttonous? Is he very, very thirsty, like some of you guys. <laughs> no, the message of the parable is actually referring to, are we actually benefiting from what we're desiring? Are we desiring the correct things? And that is, you know, I know it's in stretch, but that is the moral of the story. Are we desiring the right things? 
And it boils down into two triggers in our lives, internal triggers and external triggers, which is what the author says. Internal triggers is when your tummy tummy is rumbling during your little lecture, during your schooling, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. What am I going to eat? And it's distracting you from the current objective, which is to pay attention. Those are internal triggers, the little tummy rumbling, all those good stuff, the dopamine being released from your head, those thoughts running through your head that's distracting you from the given moment. All those things are internal triggers. So we have these two things called internal triggers and external triggers, and they ultimately lead you into two separate paths, which is distraction or traction. And it's totally up to you how you handle these triggers because they will basically make or break your potential outcome, who you're going to become, what fine actions that you're going to partake in. Is this really benefiting you? Is this desire that is actually presenting itself in front of you, is it actually ultimately going to benefit you in the long run? Or is it going to detract you from your goals, from your ambitions, um, or from a very minute scale, is it going to detract you from a very important lesson? Like we talked about your little tummy rumbling during your your lectures at school or maybe when you're supposed to be doing something very, very important. So those are internal triggers that you have to deal with. And external triggers, yep, you guessed it, are those notifications that you see on your phone, right? Like the thing that, you know, when Hinge and and Bumble and all those nice dating apps that tell you that you got matched with someone, you're like the validation that you get from that red number on top of the app. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm talking to you people that have your iMessage and you have like 60 plus messages number in, in bright, you know, in red on your phone screen. You know what I'm saying. So external triggers are essentially those things that really beckon for your attention, whether it be your phone. And again, it doesn't even just have to be your phone. Maybe there are things in your environment that are really distracting to you. I know a lot of people that work in cafes, you know, ideally you would want to focus in on, that's why you're at a cafe maybe, but maybe there's so much things going on that you're just completely distracted. Maybe someone brought in a cute dog and you're like, damn, that dog is ugly, but cute in a way. You can relate to that probably for those of you that go to cafes. So those are external triggers, right? And those two triggers, internal and external, of course, lead to a midpoint. And from there, that is when your body or your brain decides if that trigger, right, the external internal, is a distraction or traction, right? If Which direction is it going? So let me backtrack a bit. So we split each result into feeding into distraction, right, your distraction, or to your traction. So take out the DIS in front of distraction, and now you have traction, right? So think of your triggers, right? So your triggers, of course, are going to exist. There's no way that you can banish them, except for the external ones. You can always put your phone on Do Not Disturb, which we'll get to in a minute. But where are these triggers leading to you? Leading you to? Are they leading you to distraction, right? Keeping things away from your goals? Or are they leading you to traction, things that actually propel you forward with your, to your, towards your goals, right? So if we were to define it in layman's terms, what distraction and traction are, and the difference between the two is that distraction is gravitating you away, pushing you away from the goals that you've set for yourself, right? That whether that be that Facebook notification, that iMessage notification, you know, some of those messages, not all of them are that urgent just to be truthful with you. And some of those things will actually leave you very distracted. And it's going to be very, very difficult for you to go and hone back into that task that you were originally doing. 
And this is a research study that has been done before. And I think the scientific term for it is attention residue, right? So every time that you kind of switch between devices um, or tasks, you're leaving attentional residue on your previous task and on the current one, right? As you're switching, of course, your attention, your your attention, which should be one whole giant piece, is now fragmented into tiny pieces, right? And the only way that we can get into deep, deep work, which is something that Cal Newport, the author Cal Newport uh, coined in, is we have to keep our focus and attention into one big chunk, right? We shouldn't be splitting it between tasks. We shouldn't be splitting it between two devices, right? We should be honing in and focusing in on the one thing, the one thing. That is also a book that we're going to cover. That is distraction. Now, what is traction, right? Traction is, for those who drive cars, of course, traction is something that will build up some momentum. So attraction, and this is a very smart way that Nier, the author, puts into, traction is something that, again, pushes you towards your goals, right? So the internal triggers, the external triggers, the way that you are embodying them, the way that you're handling them will either lead you to more distraction away from your goals or to traction more towards your goals, right? And ideally, we would want to have traction, right? So what exactly can we do to build up this traction? And of course, the short answer of it would be that you have to make sure that you're making time for traction. You're reducing the external triggers, right? Because external triggers most likely will feed into distraction, not traction. Uh, but traction, right, are usually things that we do for ourselves. And this kind of goes back to, like we were talking about in previous episodes, investing in your relationships, investing in your own self-care, your own self and well-being and your own education, all that good stuff will help you build traction, right? You are scheduling time for yourself before anything else. And the whole point of it, the whole point of traction is, again, to push you towards the person that you want to become in the near future. Now, going back to distraction. So distraction, and this is the most important sentence in the entire book and probably this entire episode and in my entire life. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm going to repeat this very intensely twice for you. And you can write this down somewhere. I highly recommend you write it down somewhere. Take out your yellow notepad in the back pocket of your pants or whatever you use. Maybe a phone app. That, that's fine too. So here we go. You ready? Okay. You sure? Okay, here we go. I'm just kidding. You can't call something a distraction unless you know what it's distracting you from. And this is the most important thing. Let me repeat that. You can't call something a distraction unless you know what it's distracting you from. Now, what the heck does that mean? So let's just say that you have a situation where you are studying or maybe you're doing a work session at a cafe and you innocuously go through social media, you know, you're, you're scrolling, you're scrolling while your assignment is just waiting for it to be completed, right? We all know that feeling. Let's just say that social media scroll was actually earlier than expected. It wasn't during your break from your, you didn't get any work done. You just decided to scroll through social media. We can say, it's safe to say that it is in its raw form, distraction right? That social media thing. Now, what is it distracting you from? And some may say, well, the work, I just don't want to do the assignment right now. I just don't want to do it. No, you have to dig a little deeper. What is it distracting you from? And I know this sounds really intense because it is kind of. And, you know, from my own personal experience, what's most of the time what distracts me from, and you know, the work at hand, what I'm trying to be distracted from is this fear of failure. I'm trying to be fearful. I don't want to 
risk a mistake when I do an assignment or do a work project or anything like that. And maybe some of you guys can relate to that. You know, some people are like, oh my gosh, you really, you, you got that question wrong? What? That was the easiest one. You recall that? Maybe someone told you that this morning, right? And that all that stuff, all those experiences, those, those, those dialogues that were exchanged maybe during your upbringing really conditioned you to associate uh, this attempt to do something with some sort of pain, right? You don't want to risk failing at something. You don't want to risk, you know, making a mistake. You want to get a hundred percent correct or, or perfect. And that's not the most ideal circumstance. That's not the most ideal situation. And what Nier says in this, the author, what he says in this book, and he's mentioning that us as people, as animals, as creatures, we love to focus so much on outcomes, right? And that's the reason why we're so distracted, right? We focus on the outcome. What if I get this wrong? What if I make this mistake? Or what if I can't reach that 100% you know, completion or that 100% perfection on this assignment or this work project? Well, that is going to kick the finish line further and further, right? Because having imperfections is way more normal than allowing yourself to believe that you are perfect, right? And I'm just gonna let that seep in because that's crazy to think about that, we live in a society where imperfections are pushed to a side and we lionize these, these outcomes, right? We lionize the beach body, right? Like, oh my gosh, that person looks good. Look at that person, six pack, everything. You can see every single muscle and they have muscles that I didn't even think existed like Zac Efron in Baywatch, right? And you're like, my goodness, look at that. So you decide to hit the gym because you're kind of casually, instantaneously inspired to be like Zac Efron. And then after two days, you're like, what the heck? How come I don't have a muscle between my forearm and my humerus, right? What? Because we want to focus on the outcomes. We want to become this. We want to be perfect in that. We don't want to make a stake in this and this and that. But we don't focus on the inputs. Actually be consistently good than occasionally great, right? And that is something, a mantra I want to live by and hopefully that you can adopt in your own life. That we have to focus in on more the inputs what we're putting in, the time, the energy, in little pieces. It doesn't have to be big chunks all the time because you're going to wear yourself out. In order to reach those outcomes, know that you just have to work a little bit each and every single day. You don't have to expect something. Actually, it is not in your right to expect something big to happen overnight because it's not. It Usually the biggest things in your life will happen with the consistently small things that you do every day for yourself. And whether it be working out, maybe you can look like Zac Efron from Baywatch, maybe in 2023, which is less than a year's time. But you have to be consistent and trust yourself enough to, again, take that leap of faith, whether it be piece by piece every single day to reach that outcome. Focus more on the journey than the actual destination. And that is something that we've talked about in previous episodes. So that is one way to build traction in your life to focus more on what you're putting in than the actual outcome. And don't really expect anything big in return. You give something to someone, you're like, oh, why didn't they give me something bigger or something in equal return? No, you're focusing in on what you're putting in, what you're putting forth. And that in turn will make you a better person, maybe not through just your eyes, but maybe through the eyes of others. So building up traction is really important because it helps us steer away and steer clear of distraction Attraction, again, can be reinforced through focusing on this journey that we have, these small inputs, rather than 
rather than, you know, the big, big outcomes, which ultimately will happen if we decide to trust ourselves enough to work a little bit every day towards a goal or a system, as we discussed before. Another big thing that I want to reinforce, and I feel like most of you in this podcast, in this room, yeah, I just concealed you in a room full of every single person that's listening to this. So yeah, you and my mom, you need to schedule time for yourself. I know that there's a lot of things that you are partaking in, that you are a very active person. You're very dynamic. Your personal statement for whatever university, it's probably very colorful, right? And as you're a working, maybe you're a working person, it's also very colorful. Let me guess. The way you schedule your time is that you schedule your work stuff, you schedule all your commitments and stuff, but you don't make time for yourself. Hmm? Eh? Did I catch you? If I didn't, I feel like a jerk. But if I did... What I mean by that is, do you schedule all your work? Let's just say you do your daily or weekly scheduling. Okay, I scheduled all my work times, when I'm going to work this, where I'm going to work that. But where are the time slots for yourself, right? Maybe a walk, a little simple reading, maybe a little reflecting, journaling, meditation, any of those things. Or maybe a trip to your favorite, you know, boba place. Maybe a trip to your favorite restaurant. Something that calls to you right? That makes you feel comfortable in your own skin. That reinforces the love that you have for yourself. Where are those places? Where are those times? So what the author recommends in this case is that you should be scheduling time for yourself first, right? So the biggest takeaway from this book called The Richest Man of Babylon, which is uh, one of the my personal favorite personal finance books, is that you have to pay yourself first. Because in some regard, we always have we always tend to prioritize other things. We always prioritize other people's priorities, um, and we allow people to, you know, we work around other people's schedules. But we don't give ourselves enough trust or love to schedule time for ourselves, whether that be tea time or just like alone time or whatever feeds your soul. In some regard, so another actually, this is the biggest thing that can feed into your traction part of your life is scheduling time for yourself. Make sure that one, you are focusing in on the small inputs every single day, not the big outcomes, and scheduling time for yourself. Scheduling time for yourself helps regenerate your bo- your body and your battery, your social battery, your spiritual battery, everything. Because your body, your spirit knows that you love yourself enough that you're gonna put yourself first in front of other people. And again, this is a fine line You don't have to be pushing people to the side because you're like, I love myself, you know, because it does get toxic to a certain point. And this actually segues into another important point. You schedule time for yourself, but you also have to make time for those that are important to you, those valuable relationships that you have in your life. Maybe you have those people that give you very consistent and honest feedback about who you are, where you're going, and how you're currently doing. And those are the people that you should hold close to your heart. Those are honest to you. Not the ones that are like kissing your butt. Like, oh, you're amazing, babe. Like, you know, like, like, and while you have like really deep eye bags and, you know, you have like three missing teeth, you're like, I am, I'm doing great, right? No, you need those people that are really honest with you. And if you need the honest friend, I'm more than happy to be that person for you. Yeah, you're missing three teeth, honey. You gonna fix that soon? Because it's 2.30. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I should just end the episode right here. I'm just kidding. 
So scheduling time for those important people that matter to you, that give you energy when you walk out of the conversation, not the ones that you feel very de-energized or enervated from when you walk away from the conversation, those that you feel will benefit both ways, that you benefit from their presence, they benefit from your presence, right? And those are the most heartfelt, important people that you should prioritize. So after you prioritize yourself, of course, you have to make time for the people around you because if you want to go far in life, you have to go together. And we run in groups, we run in packs. That's how biology, that's how science, that's how we work. Psychology, that's how we work together. We have to have this level of accountability, this level of honesty with each other. And we we grew up in these tribes, these communities. That's why they exist because we don't want to feel like we're alone. And that's the whole point of this podcast. So the three things I want to sum up for you and to become indistractable is one, focus on the small inputs every day, not the very big outcomes, because that big outcome is going to overwhelm you and it's actually going to possibly paralyze you from doing anything. And some action, even a smallest action, is better than no action at all. The second thing, schedule time for yourself, please. Make sure you're sipping the tea that you enjoy the most. You're not like making yourself eat, you know, grass every day because you want to lose weight. Make sure you're taking some time and at least doing things that you love, spending time with, you know, activities that you love, hobbies, whether that be biking, playing video games, whatever. Give yourself enough love to love the things that you love. Wow. You see that? Three loves in one sentence. That's how much love that you should have for yourself. And I think that's three more loves than you actually have for yourself currently as you're listening to this. Now, the third important thing is to schedule time for the people that are most important to you. And it doesn't matter. There's no numerical value here, right? It doesn't mean that you should have five people, like 70 people, 100 people. I'm not asking for your social media followers, okay? I'm asking about the people that you know for a fact will love you no matter what, that will text you whenever, you know, they feel that you're off or, you know, that are completely honest with you in whatever stage of life that you are currently in and that are helping you to become that person that you ultimately want to become and feeding into your attraction part of your life, right? Not the distraction part because that is going to be very difficult and it's going to make it more difficult for your goals and for your future self, but the traction part. And that can be very, very heavily benefited from the people around you. You are not here on this earth alone. We all have those people. And even if it's just one person that you know, and it doesn't matter if it's one of your parents, maybe it is. And that's very awesome. Kudos to you. As long as you know you're not alone, as you're walking through this journey, this very overwhelming journey to become who you need to be to, again, be of service to people, then that will help benefit you in the long run to understand that these people are here to cheer you on. I'm here to cheer you on. And that third point encapsulates, again, the reason why this podcast was created. Sarcastically Optimistic is here for you. I'm here for you, Ramel Requirme, in case you forgot my name. Uh, I butchered the author's name many, many times. I apologize. But again, making time for other people that are important to you is very important. Focus on the small things, not the very, very big things, right? The very small inputs, not the very big outputs. Schedule time for yourself, what you enjoy, and there is nothing, nothing you should feel guilty about, whether it be playing video games, whether it be chowing down on your favorite pizza once a week, 
give time for yourself and especially, especially make time for those important people in your life. Those VIPs, right? VIP, that, that terminology is not restricted to concerts, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, hmm? VIPs also play a role in your own life. You know who your VIPs are. And again, there is no number for this specific category. There's no such thing as, you know, having no ver- very important person in your life. There is there is at least one person I know for a fact, and you know for a fact too. Maybe you haven't talked to them in a while, but you know this person will be honest with you that will love you no matter what, unconditionally, meaning that there is no condition behind the red curtain. Uh, and if you do something wrong, they'll leave you directly. There are those people, find those people and make time for them, whether it be a small text, whether it be a small hangout just to grab a cup of coffee, maybe to grab just a single boba, right? Like just go to a boba shop and ask for a single boba. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do it and they'll probably kick you out, but don't blame this podcast. I take no ownership of anything. This is not an LLC. Okay. So Sarcastically Optimistic Podcast is here for you. This conversation that we're having, this ebbing and flowing is meant to benefit you. And it's not supposed to negate anything that you're going through, any experiences that you're currently or you know have gone through. And it's not supposed to make you feel any worse about yourself. This is supposed to make you feel that you are not alone in any regard, to make you feel that you are adequate enough to take that leap of faith that you have been hoping and praying and dreaming about. And to remind you that it gets better and better every day and you taking the time to listen to this ramblings that I have in my mind and in my heart, um, that you are doing a service for me. And I'm just blessed and glad to have you here. Um, and it's been a great time. This feels like a very, very sad goodbye. But this is not a sad goodbye. This is a goodbye for the week. Maybe I'll schedule a time to do another thing. I'm not really sure. I love you guys. You guys are great. Hopefully you guys took a lot of benefits from this. Again, this is the book Indistractable uh, <laughs> Indistractable by Nir Eyal. And you guys should check it out. It's it's an amazing book. And this can be supplemented by a future episode, which we're going to talk about digital minimalism. So how to reduce your, your digital lifestyle. And that is really important. And it's pretty ironic since you're listening to a podcast and you are lo- using electronics and devices but I'm glad to have you here. Um, looking forward to all of this. If this really helped, do share it with a friend. Um, I hope you have a great week, a blessed week in every regard. You deserve it. And remember, hopefully you leave this podcast and you're like, man, I need to make time for myself now. Because you do. You love yourself more than you think. And you need to allow yourself to hug yourself. That was weird. That was weird. But think about it. It, it, it seems very sensual and amazing in my head. Maybe not so much for you. Okay, this got kind of weird. All right, guys. Well, it was a good time. I'll see you guys next week. I hope you have a great week. I'm glad you're here. And I'm pretty sure more than all those VIP people that we were talking about are glad to have you here and to have you in their life as well because I'm glad to have you in my life. All right, guys. Well, I'll catch you guys on the flip and All right. Bye. Baby, 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 why you always smoke a J but like some water man to make them through through the pad I'm trying to play. The Super Smash Bros, what you know? Wait to let me pick Lou Carbio. You don't even know what I'm saying. Up B, up B, and down B, now be playing. Playing, praying, anything with